Hi guys, happy Friday. I want to start off by saying I am doing much better than I was last week. So I appreciate those of you who listened to my little breakdown. And yeah, the ones who texted me and asked if I was okay, I am okay. I was having a very rough week, but this week, as I had hoped, is a lot better. Thank God. I wanted to talk this week about difficult things Preston said to me after Mike died. And then I also wanted to talk about things that people said to Preston that they thought were helpful, but actually hurt him. So I'm going to start with the things he said to me, because I think it's important to know that your kids are probably going to say some crazy things that are going to completely take you off guard and take your breath away, honestly. So I've been trying to think all week about things that Preston said or or asked or did. And I'm going to be honest, that time in my life, it was a haze. I When I think back to it, like it's almost like I was in a fog and, and I can't really remember everything. And I had reached out to family members and they kind of all feel the same way that it was kind of like we were all in a haze. But I do remember some things. So... Preston did not want to know how Mike killed himself. He was very adamant about it, um, that he, he didn't want me to tell him. But he kept coming up with different scenarios in his head, and he would ask me, like, Mom, did he hold his head underwater till he died? Did he shoot himself? Did he stab himself in the heart? Like, all these crazy things. And then every time I would say, Buddy, do you want me to just tell you what happened? And he said no. So he was on his own trying to come up with how this happened. And I was trying to respect his boundaries. And then one day he sat at the island while I was cooking dinner. And like I have stated before, we got Mike's dog, Tyson, who's a pit bull. So we got him the day that we found out about Mike's death. We got him. My husband went and picked him up. But he said, Mom, did, do you think that my dad had Tyson bite him to death? And I, this took me aback. Like, you love this dog and you snuggle this dog and you sleep with this dog and you adore this dog. And this whole time, you've been thinking that he killed your dad? I didn't say this to him, but that's what I'm thinking in my head. And I said, honey, no, absolutely not. Tyson did not hurt daddy, but but we're going to talk about it. Because the things that you're coming up with are worse than what actually happened. And so I had that talk with him, and I I decided that when it came that time to tell him how Mike did it, I was going to speak like medically and what happens to the body. And so I said, so you can die by suicide a bunch of ways. You can use a gun. You can use a knife. You can um, take pills and go to sleep. 
There's a whole bunch of ways, but one of the ways is that you can make it to where you stop breathing. And there's a lot of ways that you can do that, but one of the ways is that you can make it to where your windpipe, for lack of a better word, or neck is cut off from the oxygen. And then it kind of puts you to sleep because you're not getting oxygen. And then without oxygen, you die. And that's what daddy did. He made it to where he couldn't breathe anymore. And then he kind of fell asleep and, and died. And he kind of just took it at that point. Like he didn't have any questions. At that time, later on, he asked more in-depth questions about how he made himself stop breathing. And I explained to him that one of the ways is to put something around your neck and it cuts off your airway and, and, and it makes it to where you can't breathe. So that was a very difficult conversation. And that was something that spanned out weeks. He would come up with different ways that he thought Mike might've killed himself and all the while refusing to, to hear how he actually did it. Until, like I said, I had to pretty much just say, nope, we're done. Like, your imagination is running wild. We need to kind of nip this in the bud and, and just get it out. Another thing that he talked about is, I remember this very distinctly. We were at Meyer, And we saw some kids who were laughing or joking around or whatever, being kids, right? And... Preston said, I feel so lonely because there's no kids like me. And I don't know any kids like me because parents don't die when you're a kid. And so I don't, I feel lonely. And that broke my heart. That broke my heart. And I, this was before we went to Ellie's place. Um, and so I explained, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. Our toddler is not adjusting to the time change. Um, but I explained to him, there are kids like you, but you're right. It doesn't happen very much. And when it does, it's not fair. But there are kids like you. And we're going to go to this place. And when we go there, there's going to be a bunch of kids whose parents died. And hopefully that'll help you feel not so lonely. And it worked. We went to Ellie's place once a week for two years. Um, and the only reason we stopped is because of COVID. And Preston didn't want to do the virtual meetings. But he loved going there. He felt seen and heard and understood. And that was a big thing. He needed to feel understood. But that sentence broke my heart. <laughs> I feel lonely because... Nobody understands and nobody has been here. That was heartbreaking because I haven't been there. So what advice can I give you? I don't, I don't know. You're right. Most kids don't go through that, luckily. And the last thing that I want to talk about is he, we had a bunch of kids over at our house and I heard like voices being raised and whatever. So I went outside and Preston was very upset, like on the verge of tears. And he said, well, I was telling these guys that daddy, which is what he calls Mike, is daddy, 
kicked a soccer ball and it hit the clouds. He kicked it so high in the sky that it hit the clouds and none of them believe me. And two weeks ago, I talked about how you don't have to be perfect to be a parent. This is one of my not perfect moments. I said, sweetheart, that didn't happen. And he's like, yes, it did. And all the, all the kids went home and Preston came inside and I said, sweetheart, think about it. Do you really think that just a normal man could kick a ball so high in the air that it would hit a cloud? And he's like, I know it seems crazy, but I know that my daddy did it. And I'm like, well, honey, it's hard for kids to believe that because it's like, it's like, would you believe if another kid said, my dad went swimming in the ocean and a shark tried to bite him, but he punched him in the mouth and got away and he didn't even get hurt. Like, you wouldn't believe that, sweetheart, because it's unbelievable. And he, he sobbed, sobbed. And he said, I can't believe that you don't believe me either. And in that moment, I realized my mistake. And I realized this was a very not perfect mom moment, right? Like, he needs this. He needs to make his dad seem like a superhero. He needs that to feel better. And who am I to take that away from him? If that makes him feel better, yes, then he he should do it, right? And since then, I have never um, corrected him. Never. Because if that's what you need to feel better, by all means, that doesn't even hurt anybody. So, so he, he has put Mike on a pedestal since he passed away. And I was reading through emails from his teacher and I right after Mike's death, because I'm trying to, I'm trying to refresh my memory, right? Like, like I said, I'm in a fog and I can't remember that time really. And after reading the emails, I, I want to say that I remember it, but I really still don't. So Preston, once he did go back to school, they had a school counselor And so he started seeing the school counselor and then he had a therapist outside of school that he would see once a week. So he had, and then we went to Ellie's place. So in one week he had three different support systems outside of me, which was amazing. Um, But he was having outbursts at school where he would just start sobbing or he would get really angry. And that is not like Preston. Preston is very even-tempered, he's always in a good mood. It's very unlike him. And so we scheduled breaks where if he got really upset or really angry, he could leave the room with no um, repercussions. And it, it was so far that he got behind in school. Obviously, his mind was elsewhere, right? And his teacher was amazing. I could not have asked for a better teacher for him to have during this time. Um, but she took her break time to stay with Preston and help him to understand the schoolwork that he was missing. And she had no problem scheduling breaks and she would let me know when she wasn't going to be in class so that I could arrange breaks 
with a substitute. She was truly amazing, truly amazing. But I didn't, I still, like it vaguely sounds familiar, him having to take breaks. And I vaguely remember him calling me from school crying. But, but I, it's not a vivid memory. But anyway, what my whole point of that, I sorry, I kind of went down a rabbit hole, but my whole point of that was he needed breaks. He needed structure and he needed his life to go back to normal, but he also needed breaks because he would get triggered and by things, you know, they would play hangman in class or they would watch a movie and just it would reference a dad and he would be sad, which is normal. The next thing I want to talk about, like I said in the beginning, is the a lot of people said things to Preston that they thought were comforting, but they weren't. The very biggest one was, at least you have another dad, or at least you have Kevin. That really bothered Preston. That really bothered Preston. And rightfully so. Like, if you think about it, yeah, that's great. I have Kevin, but he's not my dad. Like, that's not, I mean, comparable. And Preston explained it so well. That boy, I tell you what. He said, Mom, it's kind of like we were car shopping at the time. I needed a new car. And he's like, Mom, it's kind of like how you want the Chevy Traverse. And that's the car that you really, really want, but you can't get it. And so we had to get the Ford Flex instead. And you like the Ford Flex. The Ford Flex does everything that you need it to and you like it, but it's not what you really wanted. What you really wanted was the Explorer. Um, wow, my sir, <laughs> that's very insightful. Um, and I can definitely see how that is accurate. So that happened. I'm going to be honest, that still happens where people say, oh, at least you have Kevin. Oh, Kevin is such a good guy. At least you have Kevin. At least you have Kevin. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. He loves Kevin. Him and Kevin have an amazing relationship, but it is not his dad. It's not his dad. And he will forever, ever miss his dad. Forever. But Preston used to get so upset about that statement. And so I had to say to him, like, sweetheart, I know that that is so frustrating and hurtful. And I can see why you have every right to feel those way that way. But people don't know what to say when, when they're around somebody who is grieving. They don't know what to say. And they especially don't know what to say when it is a child. Nobody has any idea what to say because children aren't supposed to lose people. Children aren't supposed to have to grieve. So they don't know what to say. They're doing their best, but they don't know what to say. And they don't mean anything negative by it. And I think now he feels that way and he agrees. But at the time, that didn't feel good enough for him. And that is fair. That is fair. You shouldn't have to make other people feel good when you feel like crap, right? I just wanted him to see it from another side, that it was not intentional. Uh, another thing that people would say was, well, at least you didn't see him that much. Um, 
excuse me, that actually does not feel better. That, that made him feel guilty. Like, yeah, you're right. I didn't see my dad that much. Is that why he did what he did? Yeah, I didn't see my dad that much. It, would he still be alive? Yeah, I didn't see my dad that much. Did he not love me enough? Like, that is one that is not excusable to me. That's not an excusable thing to say. So rightfully so, he was upset. <laughs> Absolutely. He, um, I'm trying to think. I had another one in my head of things that people would say. They, and people say this all the time, but at least he's in a better place. Well, at that time, Preston was very much struggling with whether Mike was in heaven. And I talked about this in a previous episode, but he was very much struggling. He thought that Mike had went to hell because that's in the Bible. Murder is murder is a sin. And that was the last thing his dad did. So in his mind, he thought that his dad was in hell and that was devastating to him. So to hear people say, well, he's in a better place. Preston's like, okay, but like, no, he's not. That actually doesn't make me feel better because what if he's not there? And that's understandable. I mean, I think that all of these things, people, with the exception of the middle one, well, at least you didn't spend that much time with him. That was not, I think for the most part, people meant well. And then there was this one instance when there was this kid in my neighborhood who told Preston he was a bastard because his dad died. And Preston came home in tears. And I got in my car and I chased that motherfucker down. And to this day, I have never wanted to punch a child so bad in the face. And if I wouldn't have gone to jail, I might have punched him in the face. I chased that bitch down. He was hiding behind... We have apartments by us and he was hiding behind them. And I turned, I went and followed him in my car like a total psycho. And I yelled at him and I told him that if he ever talked to my son like that again, um, I would, I would hit him <laughs> and I am not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. This was fresh after Mike died. It, I should have never done that. And I know, I know that that was wrong. I am aware that that was wrong. But even talking about it right now, I'm feeling anger towards that kid. Like, how, how dare you? How dare you? You can talk about and make fun of anything. You know, every kid does. That's whatever. That sucks, but that's, it is what it is. How dare you talk about his dead dad? How dare you? Disgusting. And then I texted his mom and I said, just so you know, you're kid is probably going to tell you that I threatened him. And I did. I did threaten him because he was making fun of the fact that Preston's dad died. And I think it damaged my relationship with his mom. And honestly, that's fine. That's fine with me. I don't care that because that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. And if it had been reversed, oh, I would have tore Preston's ass up. I would have tore his ass up. My whole point in this episode was to just tell you some things that Preston blindsided me with because if you're going through this and your child lost a parent, they're going to blindside you and it's going to suck and it's going to take you by surprise. And so I kind of just wanted you to know that um, I've been there. I've been there and I fucked up <laughs> when Preston told me the thing about the 
soccer ball in the clouds. I fucked up. And you will too. And it's okay. It is okay. I hope that you guys got something out of this. And I just ask that you comment on this podcast or rate this podcast. Share it. I am trying so hard to get this bad boy out in the world because I think that talking about childhood grief and helping your child through parental addiction is so important and it is not talked about. So if you know somebody that this would resonate with, please share it. Please like, please comment. Talk to me. Ask me questions. I would love to get some feedback and answer questions. I hope you guys have a great week. I'll talk to you next Friday.